Hey guys, welcome back. It's Sarah and Narelle, your hopeless, not truthless Bravo recappers from the North. Please help us be a little bit less hopeless and a little more truthful by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Or if you really want to make our week, give us a five-star rating wherever it is that you're listening to us. We appreciate all of you so much. You can also follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter at HopelessNotTruthlessPod and talk to us there. Hey guys, welcome back. It is our Friday edition of the pod, F Word Friday, and today's episode is titled Finally in Bermuda Friday. Yay! We're in Bermuda, baby. I've been waiting for this. I'm so happy we're finally in Bermuda. God, these two shows are so good. I cannot. I cannot. You know what I was thinking about? What? Salt Lake is almost over. Don't say no. No. It flew by. We're almost at the finale. No, we're not. Are we? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the finale happens and maybe... There's another episode, I don't know, but in Bermuda, like the episode where we find out the phone call what? and all of that is supposedly the finale. I don't You're know for sure. You're breaking my heart. You're I know. breaking my heart. This is the best show. It's so light yeah. and dark, but yeah. such a great combo. So fun. So interesting. But Miami is fantastic as well. I know. I'm just worried because season four of Salt Lake, we're heading into season five. That means we've only got one good season left before they hit that season seven where everything always falls apart. I'm so curious to see what happens. Like we have been speculating all week whether it really is the Heather uh, Monica lawsuit and everyone's trying to bust it out. Bust it up trying to boost it up to make it something more than it is but because bravo we'll does see. that they do they did it with vanderpump they pretend that we don't already know the big secret and then they reveal the big secret and they're like how cool was that and we're like oh, i fucking knew this for months what are you talking you about on twitter constantly you know we know yeah uh i did see a commercial though for roni legacy ultimate girls trip no when is so it starting that starts december 15th which is a friday okay. uh that might you know give us a little a little boost in serotonin when yeah. salt lake leaves so we could maybe throw some highlights into our manic monday episodes i i'm kind of surprised they're airing it after all of the ramona drama yeah i'm glad they are though so oh my god so am i ramona will be very glad I'm sure she will be. That's exciting. Oh my God, December 15th. That's not long. No, no. We're going to have to figure out what we're like when we're going to close down for Christmas. Yeah, because we need a Christmas holiday, right? They must not air shit. Well, even if they do, we still need a Christmas holiday. Yeah. Putting you guys on notice. Probably, I mean, at the very latest, I would say like the 20th, maybe. I think so. And then sometime in January, we'll pick that up again. Yeah. Uh, one quick thing I wanted to mention to you was, did you see Gertie went on the Mention It All podcast? No. Apparently, she was uninvited to a Beverly Hills cast members party because Larsa was going to be there. What? And then somebody on Reddit sleuthed out that it was Crystal. Crystal? Yeah. Larsa over Picked Gertie? Larsa over Gertie. I guess Crystal posted a picture like of her and Larsa at her Christmas party. Wow. Okay. Who on God's green earth 
would choose Larsa over Gertie. I was just starting to like Crystal too, Narelle, as I told everyone yep. in our last mm-hmm. podcast. Okay. Um, mm, yeah. that's That hurts. That was a painful one to read. I was like, Crystal, how could you forsake us like this? Well, and Crystal's very aware and in tune with things or presents that way. Uh, but let's look back. She was very good friends with um, Diane, the lip licker. Diana? Diana, yes. That Okay, yeah. Was she no? really? Yeah, she was. She really liked her. Oh, well, there's no hope. So. No. She's, she's got terrible taste in friends. So, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Just we'll keep that in mind. Crystal, you've broken broken my heart a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Should we get into it? Should we start with uh, Salt Lake this week? Yes. Let's do it. All right. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 4, Episode 13, Bermuda Views and Bathtub Blues. I wanted okay. to name this episode Deja Vu. Oh, I mean, that would be a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. So right away, Angie's showing up to the airport in a face shield. I don't remember where it was in the episode, but Angie was in her closet. I guess she was packing for the trip. And uh, producers like flash, the cameraman flashes over to her face shield collection. (laughs) She's got like a box and there's like 10 different kinds of face shields. I loved it. She rocks up to the airport and she's she's bedazzled her pimple, her forehead pimple. I love this for us. This was a sign to me. This is going to be an amazing episode. If this woman is flying somewhere with a bedazzled pimple, like amazing. This is why I love Angie. She's just so kooky. It's my favorite. So Heather in her confessionals this season, I am obsessed. Her one-liners, they're so on point. She just, she looks good. She's sounding good. I am very team Heather. Didn't think I could come back from last season, but here we are. No. Okay. We're going to jump into Meredith. It was, (laughs) it was a lot. Like, is she okay? Uh, Was it the two sleeping pills, Narelle? Is she actually sick? Or was it the lack of bathtub? I mean, she does look like a zombie. I'll give her that. She says she's sick. And in fairness to her, I I do understand the, the bathtub thing. While she's sick on the bus, they're like, you can totally get a bathtub, Meredith. It's fine. She did tell producers, I'm really not doing well. I don't know what's going on, but I'm concerned for dear old Meredith. But Narelle, the the question of the day, would you have switched your rooms with Meredith to make sure she gets a bathtub. No, I absolutely would not have. <laughs> Let me explain why. If what Heather said, which might have been a joke, but if we can trust what Heather said, this woman took two Xanax. That is fucking wild. <laughs> like two Xanax, you are in for a wild fucking time. That is a dissociate, dissociative, 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 a dissociating amount. <laughs> If my friend, like if you were legitimately sick, I would 100% give up my bathtub, give up my room for you. If, on the other hand, you took two sleeping pills or two Xannies, you enjoy that shower, babe. It's all yours. <laughs> all you. Like, By the way, I looked it up too. The flight from Utah to, or like from Salt Lake City to Bermuda, mm-hmm. it's not a direct flight. There was a stopover. So this woman took two sleeping pills. These ladies had to like navigate her through a stopover, get her on another plane, get her to Bermuda. I don't blame them for not switching rooms with her. Okay. Okay. 
I agree with you. And because Meredith is just so insane and wild and expecting. Meredith thinks she is the boss bitch of this group. And she kind of is. Okay, I get it. I understand. Mm-hmm. Meredith, go and run for your life for a bathtub. But I I don't know. I probably would She have. couldn't. She was too messed up. <laughs> she was too unable. What all we're looking at is a woman who's taken two sleeping pills and is so fucking sleepy. That's why later on when everybody's having lunch and she's gone back to her room and <laughs> Monica is like, I'm just going to go check on her. Lisa's like, just let her sleep. I think they all they know. They all knew. And that's why none of them gave a fuck. And I think that's, exactly. that is why Monica is like, are you okay, Meredith? She's also very far up, Meredith. But oh. which every season there is one. One of them is. And that is what makes me not like Meredith sometimes. Yeah. But she does have that way better. I thought Monica was going to switch rooms. I'm glad she didn't, though. It was kind of almost awkward that she did it. It was. I care so much. I feel so bad for you. <laughs> okay, I'm off to my room now that has a bathtub. Okay, here's a cheese platter. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my God. And the house. That was the most beautiful. These women have earned it. Loved it. it. This is their first time out of the country. I love that they went big. I love that everything's gorgeous. Bermuda looks amazing. Would love to visit someday. So when Whitney told Angie she sent Lisa a text after she went a little off the rails at Meredith's event, Lisa never responded. Dude. I was horrified. I want to know what the text said. Mm. I want to know like what the words were, but yeah, that's wild. Lisa wouldn't even try to make the peace with Whitney before going on this trip. That is surprising. I mean, yeah, I guess it really does depend what was said in the text. Like, was she just like, fuck you, Lisa? (laughs) Or was she actually trying to, I don't know. So what do we think about Whitney saying that when she broke through to Lisa, it was a pivotal moment in Lisa's life? And that she's basically made Lisa a better person. Stop it. (laughs) Whitney, this is a battle of the egos. If I ever thought that way, like my influence on this person makes them better, you're a narcissist. You're a narcissist. I feel that way about my cat. Does that make me a nurse? No. I think I've made his life much better. You have. (laughs) But you don't take a grown-ass woman and say, I've made you better in a friend capacity like this. They're not even that close, really. It is very apparent. Whitney believes this. When Heather starts telling Lisa how proud Whitney was of her for like training her like an animal. She's responded Mm -hmm. well. She's becoming a better person. God, Lisa was pissed. Give the girl a crystal and next thing you know, she thinks she's the Dalai Lama. I would have been so pissed. I did, though. I really enjoyed that Lisa was arguing against becoming a better person. <laughs> yeah. Just No, I'm not. Just cutting her nose off to spider face. How dare she say that? I'm not better. better. I don't have any more empathy. <laughs> I'm still just as shitty as I was before when I met her. And she would. She would fight for that. All right. This was maybe the best part Ooh. of the entire episode. This is when the medic arrives. <laughs> we have another dehydration episode. All right. You know what? Give me two Xanax or two sleeping pills. Stick me on an eight or 10 hour flight. By the time I get to a hotel, I'm going to be dehydrated AF. How do they diagnose dehydration? I think the way your veins respond might be something. I don't know. Ask your mom. She would know. Yeah, I will. I will. Good. Report back. We could also Google it. But anyway. Yeah, no. But I mean, just flying in general. 
will dehydrate me. I don't know. Like Lisa made a really good point about how good Meredith is at milking things. Uh, which was a little bit spot on. Maybe I'm just being cynical and not giving Meredith enough credit. But in my eyes, like this was totally self-induced. And lucky for me that believing this has made it a lot easier for me to laugh at this situation because I don't actually think she's sick. So it's okay. This is one of the funniest fucking scenes I've ever seen in a very long time. Meredith laying in bed. She's got an IV in her arm and she's getting glammed. (laughs) She's basically comatose. This is like mortuary glam. Like she's being prepared for a coffin. And this, she rallied because you know what? She got enough sleep. (laughs) She slept it all off and then she was fine. I was laughing so hard. My husband came into the bedroom. What's going on? What's happening? What's so funny? I'm like, this bitch is dehydrated and she's getting clipped. (laughs) That doesn't even explain it. Oh, he's like, but she looks like she's sick. Yeah, (laughs) that's what she wants you to believe. (laughs) She reminded me of that scene in E.T., which, okay, sorry, you're going to hate this. But like when E.T. is like all covered in like white sheets and he's all sick. No. (laughs) And Ellie. That, (laughs) you had to mention that scene. Sarah has a very strange phobia phobia of E.T., I do. I've teased her about it throughout our entire friendship. I mean, I've gone so far as to get down on my knees <laughs> and chase her around the house while making E.T. sounds with her sister. There, There's a lot of us out there. A lot of us E.T. phobics. Is there? Yeah. I bet there's there, like 12 I, of you. I, I guarantee there is. He's a monster. You should join a group maybe of people who are I, afraid of E.T. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Meredith was just giving me sick E.T. vibes. Um, (laughs) That is pretty fucking funny. She also had amnesia. She's laying there as this poor makeup artist is like doing her makeup. She's like, I don't even know what happened. All I know is I didn't get a bathtub. A fucking bathtub. This woman's entire season from start to finish has revolved around a bathtub. And I fucking love it. best scene ever honestly I it was the you guys I cannot so the women are so excited to see Meredith has recovered she walks on the bus and they all cheer and greet her but there is a joylessness on this bus Norrell a darkness a dreariness (laughs) and its name is Meredith Marks (laughs) she is not here for fun I'm okay I'm okay immediately I have a question for everyone in this car, who here has a ring with a bathtub in it? Uh, <laughs> everyone just raises their hand immediately. <laughs> like, yes, madam. I, I am so obsessed. All I can say is Meredith recovered very quickly. She did. I, I'm with Heather. I want whatever was in that IV stat. Also, probably six to eight hours of sleep following <laughs> taking two sleeping pills. They'll, you know, help you out. Yeah. You'll rally pretty quick. Yep. I loved that Lisa point blank asks her, so who was supposed to switch rooms with you? Like, who was supposed to give up their room? Mm. It's a fair question. Because it's Lisa. I guarantee she would imagine. Do you think it was Lisa? Okay. That was my question. And Heather in her confessional, she's like, I don't know if Meredith has seen the itinerary for this trip, but there's no time to take a bath. And then we flash over to... Whitney in the tub, and she's just, like, blowing bubbles and having a little luxurious time. Like the angel she is. 
loved the driver minding his own business while they're talking about who's spreading their legs and who isn't (laughs) spreading their legs on this trip. He's just like, oh, God, don't look back. Just (laughs) pretend like I can't hear anything. And Meredith has a confessional here where she says, now, this was interesting to me. It gets to a certain point of being accused of something where you might as well just do it. She's referencing threatening Ange and her family. And we know at the end of the episode, which we're about to touch on, the conversation between Monica and Meredith, where Meredith hangs Monica out to dry. It's not looking good for Meredith, in my opinion. No, especially in the replay. Like, these ladies are going to think, ooh. (laughs) Yeah, Meredith goes low. She really does. I did adore when Monica was just taking selfies throughout this entire argument, though. None of them cared. Nobody, everyone was just like, oh my God, shut up already. When Meredith and Angie, they're just bickering again about the threats and the rumors, the nastiness. The group is very much over it. I'm over it. I'm sure you were over it. Heather was stuck in the middle, though. She's just like staring out the window as (laughs) Meredith and Ange are like screaming over her head. Drivers staring straight ahead. Maybe even Meredith is over it. Uh, I can tell you who's not over it, though, and that's Ange. She is not over it. She won't let it go. And I think she is missing the bigger picture here. She's trying to be a good housewife, but she's actually bypassing over much bigger drama with Lisa. So it's taking away, and it is second place. It's secondary now. And you had your moment. It's over. Move on, okay? It sucks, too, because I don't feel like we have enough time left in this season to address the mafia thing. We barely have enough time to address the beauty labs thing. But now this mafia rumor, like this is going to be a very intense end of season and a very intense reunion because there's a lot to pack into it. Yeah. So they get to the restaurant. Lisa is like out of her mind, hangry. It's time now for Whitney and Lisa to hash it out. Hopefully Lisa got some food in her first. (laughs) Whitney tells Lisa that the other day she needed her as her friend to support her and to love her after she's gone through this terrible thing and to not make it all about Lisa. Lisa, on the other hand, believes that Whitney should have just told her what she needs. And it feels like she's looking for somebody to take her grief out on instead of grieving with her. Then she brings Whitney's conversation with Heather about how Whitney is helping her to be a better person. Yikes. I love that after the battle in the van, too, Angie and Meredith can cheers over this fight, not including them. I love that. was a nice moment. Maybe that means we'll just move forward. Whoa, never mind. (laughs) Greek mafia, right? (laughs) Yes. Okay, Sarah, are you Team Whitney or Team Lisa on this subject? Oh, okay, dude. I'd probably be Team Lisa if she wasn't such a goddamn asshole. She cannot help herself from tripling down. It's very Larsa-esque to me, and I don't like that. I agreed with Lisa that it feels like Wit is trying to take her grief out of someone. I absolutely do. But the way she handles things and responds to things is so hurtful. Lisa just goes into like this blind rage the minute anything negative is said about her to her detriment. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think they're both wrong. Truly. I absolutely agree. Yeah. I feel like Lisa has a point and then she totally butchered it and she made it worse. So if she would have, that's her calling card. Baby girl just can't help herself. She could have handled it so much differently and come out as the victor, uh, but she fumbled it big time. I wonder, though, about Lisa walking on eggshells around Whitney. I feel like maybe she really does do that, but it's only because she doesn't understand where Whitney's feelings even come from or anybody's feelings because Lisa doesn't have those. 
I think she's really bad at picking up on social cues. And so she's just learned throughout her life and her experiences to try and be careful not to elicit an emotional response all the time because she doesn't know how to deal with it. So she's not walking on eggshells for Whitney's sake. She's walking on eggshells for her own sake. She's an avoider, a classic avoider. So what's your opinion on Heather? Was she spinning this conversation and trying to rile up Lisa against Whitney? Does Whitney have a point? Like, is there jealousy involved? I... I honestly do feel like Heather's right. I think they're all riling each other up, honestly. But there's a major jealousy thing between Heather and Whitney when it comes to Lisa. They are vying for her attention like two children. It's so strange. And I think Lisa almost knows it. She is in the power position. Uh, It also feels like Whitney probably shouldn't be on this trip, though, because she is in such intense grief. She's taking a lot of her anger out on Heather, it feels like, and Lisa. But you know what? As my mama always said, three in a group is just a bad number. And I believe that. I do believe that. It always spells trouble at some point anyways, Mm -hmm. um, when there's three people. I do think that there is a lot of truth in the jealousy aspect. And what you said about Whitney, not she should have maybe not come on this trip. She uses her grief and she uses her healing her healing um as her storyline all the time and Mm -hmm. she almost weaponizes it do you know what i mean like her trauma it's the same thing lisa does almost but in when it comes to trauma and experiences and you're right she does she does use it to fuel fights big time yeah good point so we're getting to the greek mafia of it all and Meredith, you cannot accuse someone of basically being involved with Greek Mafia members, okay? But she didn't. Monica accused her of it. Did did she? Meredith, her hands are clean. Mm. She has not said anything. When the rewatch happens for these ladies, at no time has Meredith ever, like, she has complete what's the carte blanche or whatever it's called she can, i never brought it up i never brought it up on camera i got these dms i asked again she's again. doing it she is so sneaky she knows exactly what she's doing so sneaky i mean this is the same woman who launched an investigation against jen shaw and i would not doubt that she did it again like she is the mastermind behind this absolutely so monica brings this up on camera and yeah meredith just pretty much pretends i have no idea what you You could see it. I have no idea. I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. I I didn't get any. I haven't checked my inbox. Even though you and I had this conversation just a few days ago, all of a sudden, I don't remember anything. It's insane. This woman is a fucking professional. She is. She knows exactly what she's doing. She just hung Monica out to dry and you can see Monica realized it. Monica's smart. She does. Meredith might have even told her like you should bring this up on camera. Like, because you can see Monica is waiting for her to respond and she's not doing it. She knows she's been played. And I think that's why she really went hard in the end. She's like, well, Meredith brought this up to me and Meredith, you know, sent me the DMs and Meredith, Meredith, because she wants to try and get it in there. Like, oh, my God, this wasn't me. I didn't do this. I didn't bring it up. It's too late, babe. Monica, you fell for it. You know what Meredith's going to do, don't you? What? I was sick when you brought that up, Monica. (laughs) I was sick in my mind and I didn't have a bathtub. I was Probably. in a state of stress. Bathtub withdrawal. Okay. 
But this brings me back to that little confessional moment that I mentioned earlier where Meredith said, after a while of being accused of doing something, you might as well do it. And Angie has been accusing her for so long of threatening her family and threatening her husband and like making the threats Mm -hmm. against her family. I really think that Meredith sent the DMs to herself and to Angie. In fact, I'm just going to go right out on a limb. Oh, damn. I think it was Brooks in the beginning of the episode <laughs> when, he was, when he was laying there, like rolling his face, face with ice. Yeah, he was very intent, intently staring at his phone. He's probably mm. spell checking those DMs. He's in yeah. his Sutton villain era, is he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to see this play out. I hope we do. Oh, my God. Next week, I think, is going to be insanity. Oh, my. We might need to do a full recap next week for Salt Lake. Yeah. And Beverly Maybe we'll Hills. Switch it out with Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll see. They're in a race right now. We'll see which one's better. Yes. And then. I love it. Yeah. Love it. All right. But that's about it for Salt Lake City. Should we head over to Miami? Bienvenido a Miami. I can't, every time. I'm like, welcome to I know. Miami. I probably said that wrong. I thought I was quite impressed, actually. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Real Housewives of Miami, Season 6, Episode 6, Farmer of the Opera. All right, picking back up where we left off last week. The ladies are waiting for Lisa to get there, but Sarah, the show must go on. The opera has to take place. It's time for Julia to sing. What did you think? It's time. Okay, so Julia did pretty well, you know. If I were Simon Cowell, I'd say, you know, you did all right. There's a few pitchy moments. Like, she was goodish, Okay. But Martina's reaction was so worth listening to I weeks know. and weeks of this. Okay. So I sweet. No, I don't know why. It actually made me tear up. Dude, same. Same. Watching Martina's face go from absolute confusion to a nervous smile, laughter, mm-hmm. to absolute shock and shock. then joy and just awe. And you could see she felt so much love in that moment. I was like, oh, 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 oh Martina, how could you do this? All right, so next we're going to touch on what you kind of gave us a sneak peek on last week, Nar, and that's Lisa and Lenny, and oh boy. So Lisa says he burst into her room with his mummy dearest as backup. That is so pathetic. I cannot. The women did a really good job, I think, in my opinion, of rallying behind Lisa and encouraging her to get the fuck out of that house and as far away as she can from uh, Lenny, but Marisol in particular later on in the episode, she she really is vocal with her. And I do feel like that means they're real friends. I will note, Larsa did show empathy to Lisa in this moment, which was odd. And I was kind of shocked by it. She's like, I don't even know what to say. I don't even know what to say. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is that is that empathy or is that confusion? Well, <laughs> there's she is kind of dead behind those <laughs> eyes. But um <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, Lisa did not take it well when Marisol said that later on in the car. She has such a childlike temperament. She almost started to have an anxiety attack because these women were telling her something that she does not want to know. That I think she already knows. Truly. That she's treating Jody like shit. You need to stop doing that. Any partner, that's not a kind thing to do. But Lisa doesn't want to. So she's like, guys, stop it. No, no, I'm not going to. She is very childlike. So after this, Nicole kind of nudged Gertie to take the opportunity to call Larsa out. And before Gertie can even articulate the words, Larsa and her lips burst in and she's like, Gertie, 
You never told me not to tell anyone. Oh, child. Sarah. Yeah. Listen, I do not condone violence. Okay. I'm not a violent person, but my hat goes off to Gertie in this moment for staying as cool as she did. She didn't even raise her voice. She was cool as a cucumber. She was like a fucking powerful force of nature. And instead of taking that moment to say, oh, gee, Gertie, I'm so stupid. I'm so sorry. Nope. Larsa, she just moves the goalpost. She's like, oh, what? So you weren't going to tell them? What did you think about the explanation about the whole test thing, by the way? Like Gertie's test. Well, Gertie's like, you know, I wanted to give Larsa a chance to earn back her trust. And Larsa failed. I get what Gertie was doing. They were already on thin water there. And she failed another test. Honestly, just now, Larsa continues on with the lame ass justifications. I told them out of love. Oh, I hate it. Hate it. Nothing says love quite like accusing somebody of lying about cancer. Bingo. Larsa is just completely and entirely unable and unwilling, I think, to admit any failing on her part. And Gertie points out. She said, you're a pathological liar. And she shares examples. So thank you for that. And Larsa, after a brief pause to compute this, like the little robot she is, starts repeating, you got to stop this, Gertie. You got to stop saying this, Gertie. You got to stop this. Hate, hate, hate it. So much hate. And then when Gertie won't stop, Larsa and her lips realize her ship is fucking sinking. So what does she do? She hops up to go run away. Runs away. She grabs poor Marcus, who has been watching the whole fiasco go down, like in the corner. He's obviously wondering to himself where he went wrong in his life to end up with Larsa by his side. (laughs) And I'm so fucking happy that Gertie is not going to let these ladies try to soften what Larsa did. Like Lisa was trying to paint it as a positive. She was saying, you know, she really was coming at this in a positive way, Gertie. And I think Lisa was so fucking wrong in this moment to do that. I was pissed at Lisa. Yeah. She also tried to say that Gertie had played a part in this, that she had a hand in how she reacted. I was like, Lisa, you better shut up. Fuck. Fucking shut up, Lisa. The fact that Larsa is probably spinning this to all of them, like, she never told me not to tell. But think about when she did tell them, don't say anything to her. I'm pretty sure she said... Don't let Gertie know that I told you. So she fucking knew. They all fucking knew. And they're still defending Larsa. So Lisa and Larsa are obviously very, like, that's Larsa's only friend in this group, right? You know why? Why? It's because they're both quite vapid. And because they both really only want a yes man beside them. Lisa doesn't want to hear what her friends have to say about, exactly, about Jody. Larsa doesn't want to hear the truth about anything. They just want another friend to bounce off. Oh, you're so great. No, you're so great. Everything you do is fine. Everything you do is fine. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. It's pathetic. And they both love making it about themselves. Even the way Lisa came into this party for Martina was so fucking annoying to me. Yeah. She's just all about herself. And so is Larsa. So Larsa, Adriana, and Lisa go shopping, condo shopping for Lisa. And Larsa references the argument by saying, Gertie was so angry when I was trying to apologize to her. Girl, at no time did anyone see an apology come out of those lips. She was going to tell the girls anyway. What a horrible excuse. So nasty. Doesn't 
give a shit. Adriana summed it up perfectly for me. Larsa cannot see Gertie's perspective and is only thinking of herself. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adriana is on point here. It's a little weird that she was even there. I found it odd, too. Yeah. But she's kind of exiled from the other group, so... I guess, maybe. It was a weird threesome to go condo shopping for Mm. condos that Lisa can't afford. Oh, the whole thing is such a sham. The next scene was the sunflower scene, which I don't really have many thoughts on, except for one, I think I might be falling in love with Nicole. (laughs) She's perfect. Have you ever seen anybody more gorgeous? Perfect. Everything she wears, everything she says, (sighs) I'm like, I love you. So smart. Funny, caring. Her and Gertie of all the housewives, I really, really love them. And I really think they're good people in real life. And I love that they're actually really good friends, like off camera. That's so nice. That is nice to hear. I also could not get over Julia giggling about like how she's deathly allergic to bees and that she forgot her EpiPen (laughs) at home. She's like, I might die today. I don't know. She's so ditzy and cute and all the things. I read on Reddit somewhere, or maybe it was Instagram. Somebody once said that Julia is all vibes, no thoughts. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) She is. I like that. But that's why she's perfect for Adriana, right? Narelle, Alexia has never been stung by a bee. This woman, I can't. She's too perfect. She's like, bees do not sting me. I've only been stung once. What? You've only been stung once? Yeah, and it was after your wedding. What? That day? Uh, No, when we were all hung over at your house the next morning. And I was sitting on the patio, I think with your mom, and a bee flew up my shirt. Shut up. That was in October, too. Well, you know, that's how I roll. And it stung me on my underarm. Oh, ow, 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 ow. Ow. And that motherfucker swelled up. So I'm hung over as shit after your oh, wedding because your wedding was such a fun party. Oh, yes. And then I got stung by this bee and had like, oh. it wasn't like a deathly allergic reaction. But that's yeah. what I remember most was you getting married and me getting stung <laughs> by a bee. <laughs> that's wild. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I've been stung quite a few times, actually. Have you? Mm-hmm. My poor kiddo got stung. So he's six. His first experience, it was a wasp. He got stung three times in the neck. Yeah. It was awful. Oh, my God. The mom calls me. He's like, she's like, oh, Cody got stung by a wasp. Apparently a couple times. Anyway, I go there and he's so wimpy. So I felt bad for him. But he is very wimpy. Sarah, your child got stung in the no, neck. I know, three I, know times. I know, I know. I'm just saying, in addition to this, he is yeah, also yeah, yeah, yeah. very wimpy. So I look through the window and I see him playing. And then when he sees me, he's like, oh, 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 Mommy, I got stung. Yeah, sure as shit. Three times in the neck. Oh my Ooh. God. Poor kid. Actually, sorry, I've never been stung by a bee. It was a wasp that stung oh, me. Oh, yeah. At Those your wedding. Are nasty. Nasty. Yeah, they're dirty. That's mm. why. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that was quite the tangent. We just went. That to was. Find. I'm so sorry. Um, I just want to say I'm so excited for the girls' trip in Palm Beach, and mm. hopefully, us viewers can also get a little vacation from Marcus and Lenny. Hopefully, that they can, you know, fuck off for two minutes. But Narelle, can Larsa survive? 
we can all have a vacation from Lars's vagina. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she can survive because she's used to getting it like five or six times a night. So fuck off. I who can't. knows? So Gertie then meets up with Marisol and Kiki, and I am beyond thrilled. She is planning on holding Larsa to task and going yes. to force her to issue a real apology. But as we just discussed, I don't think Larsa is capable of this because she's a delusional bitch. But anyhow, did you notice Marisol being such a prude when Kiki was talking about having sex and she's like, I had so much sex, I almost have a bladder infection. And I laughed so hard. It was so funny. But then she goes off and talks about Russian splooch. I really I like find that. it very annoying when women shame. I was going to say of a certain generation, but I don't even think so. Yeah, I, think I think it's you're across right, every though. generation. They're so against talking about normal vaginal things that yeah. happen. We all get bladder infections sometimes. We all get UTIs. These kinds of things, the more you talk about it, the less there's ever going to be shame or, you know, disgust or mm-hmm. anything attached to it. Women like Marisol who say things like, oh, no, I don't want to hear about your STDs. Like, bitch, it's a bladder infection. It's a UTI. It really reminded me of like Vicky and Shannon and Tamara. Yeah. Just like you said, though. And then they're running off doing all these like way crazier things. Yeah. Talking about Russian splooge. Oh, I can't. Fuck. I hate that word. Me I too. Hate that word. Another thing I wasn't quite sure about, I don't know how I feel about Alexia giving Julia a makeover. And out of nowhere, she's like, I'm going to give you a makeover. I think you need a makeover, Julia. Now that you've lost all this weight, let me make you over. Like, Julia did look stunning in the dresses, I guess, that Alexia picked out. I loved that red net thing. I like She's gorgeous. Beautiful. And this was the scene where things started to get a little weird between the two of them. Julia thought they were going to be roommates in Palm Beach, and I think she was probably really excited because she probably felt like she graduated to a different level of friendship with Alexia, which I think that's her goal. And it's somebody who isn't Adriana, finally, because she always gets lumped in with Adriana every group trip. And Alexia really seemed very uncomfortable by the idea. Like the awkwardness is has stuck with me. That was so painfully awkward to watch. And Alexia just kind of kept fluffing it off and saying, you know, I ha- I have to ask for Todd's permission. Uh, hated that. Who says that? Who says that? It's so weird because the obvious implication and what Julia is basically saying is that she or he would be uncomfortable with the sleepover, sleeping arrangements because Julia's a lesbian. There's no other way to interpret it. Nope. And Alexia is just so awkward, dodging the subject. And I think a lot of it is that Alexia just didn't want to share a room with her, lesbian or not. Maybe. Maybe. But the the lesbian thing did come up. So it's got to be a piece of it, in my opinion. Like, Julia's married. Julia is a married woman. She even said that. Like Just because you share a room with somebody who is gay and of the same sex as you are does not mean that person's going to be attracted to you and unable to, what, control themselves. Very disparaging. Incredibly. And I don't know if it is Alexia. Is it Todd? Is it both of them? I hope it's Todd more than Alexia, TBH. Well, I don't think Alexia would have said that, though. Like, I know, it just came out. Like it, But then it kept coming out over and over again. I hated it. I was, yeah, not really that surprised but i'm i'm not surprised to find out 
that she has these homophobic feelings. I'm surprised that she kept saying it over and over again. But isn't she kind of a spokesman for pride and goes like attends? I don't know. I I swear this is burned into my brain. She like attended. She might be, but she still strikes me as the person to be like, I support it as long as it's not in the same bed with me. Ew. Yeah, honestly. And then, of course, we find out that Alexia does confirm. No, we won't be sharing the room. So Julia is with Adriana again. And Mm -hmm. she's incredibly confused. So are we. And yeah. she's hurt. She's, she's really hurt. I, I, and I think I she's feeling very vulnerable and probably embarrassed to mm, have shunned. somebody think that way. And I think what it comes like part of the reason I'm so annoyed by it is last season, Alexia got a lot of hate from fans. Nobody, a lot of people really came down hard on Alexia. So oh, okay. this season, I think she's made a direct decision to try to be more open with the other half of the cast and be friends with Julia. So now it almost seems like she's using Julia to get good with the fans while secretly not liking, like she doesn't want to actually share a room with her. Okay. I'm just pretending to be friends with you. I'll give you makeovers and all these things. But her and uh, Marisol are just too, too obsessed with each other. I also just wanted to note as well, (laughs) Lisa was driving Lenny's car in this episode. So she, <laughs> she does have access to his car. I know last episode we were talking about how like that's so like Lenny would never give her his car. How would she even have access to put a listening device in? But it looks like she might have had access. Also, I wonder if a sprinter van was offered by production for this trip. And then all the women were like, hell no, not again. <laughs> not with that flatulent bitch. It's not happening. Adriana, have you had any corn lately? Oh, God. I did love the comparisons between all the three different cars and just the vibes in all of the cars. I would for sure want to be in Nicole, Kiki, and Adriana's car. Adriana's car, for sure. That car had the best vibes. Absolutely. I'm like, that would have been Norelle's and my car, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing us, we would be stuck with Lisa. Having to fucking (laughs) counsel her the entire trip. Oh my god! Yes, we would have. We're like (laughs) we're just trying to dance, man. Just a time. I do have to say that Larsa and trying to sing um, Julia's song. You know that bitch thought she was good, and she was waiting, waiting for someone to compliment her. Listen, this is just another series of Larsa thinking she can do anything that anybody else does. You didn't see this last season, but she uh, she came down on Nicole, who is a fucking... On Nicole? Yeah, for her job as a it's an anesthetist or an anesthesiologist. Yeah. Yeah. She was basically like, what? Like, it's fucking hard. Like, you're not even a fucking doctor. Like, you don't even fucking like I can do it. Like, I'm Larsa and I can do anything. Yeah. She said it's not a hard job to do. What? Like, it's hard. Um, and so Larsa? now she has a friend Shut. who trained for weeks to do like opera singing. And Larsa's like, fuck, I can do it. Basically, the only thing in Larsa's opinion that is difficult to do is sell feet pictures on OnlyFans. <laughs> And be married to Scotty Pippen. She really is such a such a vile biatch. I viscerally despise her. I don't think there is another housewife I have no disliked like this. No, I, and I've disliked my fair share. 
but this one's real bad. I still usually enjoy watching the people that I don't like. Exactly. Yeah, like the Vickies and the Tamaras yep. and you can find I some find them good. entertaining to watch. Yeah. I actually hate her. Yeah. Like hmm. despise. So I want to start a petition. <laughs> You're not alone. <laughs> like I do know, like we talked about last week, there are a few Larsa fans out there, but they're it, well, it's getting real bad. I hate them too. <laughs> so unless you listen to this podcast. In which case I love you and please stay, but maybe get some help. <laughs> Well, that's about it for Miami, and God, I love this show. I fucking love it. I'm so glad we're only six episodes in to Miami. Thank goodness. When we lose Salt Lake, we're still going to have <sighs> Miami to keep us warm at night. Another great episode. I think next week's going to be even better because mm-hmm. the preview looks insane. Uh, yeah, it's going to be good, but uh, that's about it for, what was the episode called again? finally in bermuda finally in bermuda friday (laughs) we'll see you guys all on monday for manic monday hope you have the best weekend ever but until then stay truthful and not hopeless love you bye follow us right subscribe do all the things do all of the things help these hopeless girls out love you bye